This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. This is Doug Standard. I'm the CEO of Fearless Presentations, and I've got a couple of great things to kind of speak with you about today on the podcast. The first one is we're going to give you some some quick tips on how to add stories into your presentation. So the topic is public speaking storytelling techniques to engage your audience, and it's actually going to help you reduce stage fright as well or reduce that public speaking fear. Now, we have a tech find today as well, but we're going to flip-flop the tech find. Typically, we do the tech tech find first and then kind of go into the the hot topic but today we're going to flip-flop it a little bit and the reason why is because the the uh, tech find is going to be something that will help you organize those stories so after you get really good at coming up with good stories you're going to find you're going to have to find some place to kind of stick those ideas when they when they kind of pop into your head and that tech find that we're going to cover today will help you do that so Doug What's today's hot topic? So today's hot topic is public speaking storytelling techniques to engage your audience and then also to eliminate public speaking fear. Stories are one of the best ways to actually reduce public speaking fear. We'll talk about that a little bit as we kind of go. But before I actually get into this session, you know, just kind of as an overview, the way you want to think about stories in your presentation is they're kind of like, I mean, a good analogy is they're kind of like sugar in a dessert. I mean, you can do a dessert without any sugar, but what's the point? It's kind of the same with with stories and presentations. If you're giving presentations without any stories or without any examples, there's a good chance that a lot of people in your audience are going to be going, well, what's the point? Why are you doing this, right? So your stories are kind of, I, I call them your ace in the hole. They are the things that kind of make your presentation come alive. They make it more interesting and they make it more fun for you, the presenter, and actually more fun for the, the people in the audience as well. So so let's kind of talk a, a little bit about about uh, presentation stories and, and how to find the appropriate stories for your presentation. Uh, one of the questions I get asked a lot about in public speaking, in presentation classes and that kind of thing, is that uh, folks will, will kind of come to me and they'll say, you know, I, I'm kind of hesitant to add stories into my presentation because X. And the X is usually, they'll say something like, well, because the people in my company or the people in my organization don't really tell stories, right? That's that's the thing that's kind of most common. Secondly, they'll say, I don't want to tell stories because I've heard people in the past who kind of overuse stories, and I don't want to be one of those people. So let me kind of get those things out of the way really quickly. If if you are in an organization where where stories aren't really relayed, it kind of tells me a lot about the organization. It probably means that a lot of presentations in that organization in that organization are going to be what I'd call boring. They're not going to be that interesting. They're going to be very dry. And so as a result, um, you can be one of the dry speakers if you just want to fit into the crowd. But if you want to stand above the crowd, do something a little differently. You don't have to give 100 stories, but if you give one and everybody else is given none, then you know people are going to see you as the expert. They're going to see you as the good speaker, the person that people want to, to pay attention to. So um, the, 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 other, the other situation is where 
we've seen people in the past that just kind of tell random stories. They just kind of tell stories that may not have anything to do with the, the presentation. That's not what we're talking about here at all. In fact, uh, in fact, the, the very first thing that you want to do in order to get your your presentation rolling is you want to identify what point that you want to make. And if you haven't yet listened to the podcast on how to design good bullet points, I would I would encourage you to kind of do that. Also, look at the podcast notes, uh, not only the podcast notes for that particular presentation, but you can look for the podcast notes on this one as well, and you can kind of follow along. To go to any of the podcast notes, if you go to fearlesspresentations.com, uh, you can actually type in fearlesspresentations.com slash podcast, and it will give you a list of all of the different podcasts that, that we have. Um, this one is podcast number seven. So podcast number seven. Uh, so if you go to fearlesspresentations.com slash podcast seven, it should pull up the, the podcast notes here for you. So point number one, though, is identify what point that you want to make and and follow the guidelines that we gave you in that, in that uh, presentation about how to... Uh, how to design good uh, good bullet points. If you're designing your bullet points that way, they're going to be very audience focused. And you can pretty much, if you design a really good bullet point, you should be able to just kind of read it and think in your in your mind, oh God, what's an example I can use here? And a story, boom, should kind of pop into your head pretty quickly. Something related from your own experience related to that bullet point should kind of come. It should be fairly easy to, to do. If you're having trouble coming up with stories for any reason, it's a good idea to kind of back up. That usually means that your bullet points aren't really good. So so make sure and kind of keep that in mind, that if you're having trouble with your stories, go back and look at your bullet point. The tips that we gave you in the bullet point designing process is to, to make them real audience focused. One of the things that you want to do is make your bullet points into a complete sentence. So if there's a subject, a verb, some adjectives, some adverbs in there, if it makes a statement that you can prove, then when you read that statement, it should bring up ideas on stories or examples that you can use in your presentation. Uh, the other thing that we encourage you to do is if it's a if it's a persuasive presentation, add in what we call the why. You know, what what's the benefit to the audience for them doing this bullet point. So if they do this thing that you're asking to do, if they believe this thing that you're you're telling them, what's the benefit to them? So if you're thinking about those two kind of things, the, the statement itself and then the, the benefit to the audience, it should be fairly easy to come up with a with a quick example. So the second important thing about stories is you want to realize that your own personal experience is very valuable to the audience. In fact, one of the things that we say in our public speaking classes a lot is that what is common sense to you is likely uncommon to other people. And a lot of times we forget about that. Those things that we do on a day-to-day basis that we become experts at... Those are things that we can teach to other people or that we can share with with other people. And when they hear them, it's it's new information to them because they don't have our experience. They don't have our background. They don't have our our years of, of doing that activity. So just those common everyday experiences told to your audience in a story format can be very, very valuable. Um, I'll give you a good example. Like, for instance, in the in the very first podcast that I did on, on Fearless Presentations, I gave you guys kind of my background story about how I gave a presentation when I was an intern and it was a horrible, horrible experience. Well, you know, that basically tells you a little bit about me and about my background. And it, and it, it gives you a good idea of my expertise or where my expertise came from. Because when I had that experience, 
I wanted to make sure I never had another experience like that before. And so as a result, I did a ton of training. I did a ton of studying. I did a ton of practice. I got a ton of coaching. You know, all those kind of things that you're probably going through now, I went through as, as well. So so if I can do this, if I can be a professional speaker, anybody can do this based on, on my experience anyway, right? So so you can use those examples from your own personal experience, and, and they are very, very valuable. Um, I'll give you another example. When, when, I, when I first got into the speaking, and actually this is actually before I actually got into the speaking business, is when I found a way to kind of fix that public speaking fear that I had. I had um, I had been working for a, an oil company in, in, in West Texas for a couple of years at that point, and I, I was in kind of a, I wouldn't say a dead-end job, but I knew that, that at that particular point in my career, I, I didn't have a hot, a lot of upward mobility because the price of, of oil had gone way down and the company was laying a lot of people off. And since I was one of the last guys that got hired, I knew that I was probably one of the first guys to kind of get canned. And so I was really worried about what I wanted to do. And one of my one of my good friends at the time was in sales, and he said, hey, "You know, Doug, with your personality, you, you should go into sales. You could you could make a fortune as a as a sales guy." I was terrified though because I didn't want to. I, I didn't. I, I had a salary, you know. If I if I gave up that salary to go into especially into commission sales, but that was kind of risky. And I, granted, at the time, I didn't have a whole lot of expenses, so it would have been fairly easy for me. But you know, from my perspective, since it was it was a it was a risk to me. It, it made me very, very nervous. And so I sat down with a, a young lady that was teaching a leadership training class in Midland, Texas. And uh, she, she, she and I met at a restaurant for, for coffee because neither one of us had an office. She worked out of her home and, and I didn't want to bring her to the, to the oil company office. So we kind of met for coffee and, and I was telling her about how I really wanted to go into sales, but I was terrified. And I was wondering if her training program, her leadership class might be able to help me. And she gave me a couple of examples of people that had gone through, they'd been in, in sales. And after going through their class, through her class, they had, um, had increased their sales pretty dramatically. And so it, it, it was possible anyway. So she, and then after we had spoken for, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes or so, had a couple of cups of coffee. I, I said, okay, so how much is this course? Because it was a three-month course. It was a pretty good commitment. And uh, and she told me, and at the time, and by the way, the tuition for the, for that class, this was back in the early 90s, was about $800, which that's probably about $2,500 in today's monetary value. So it was a lot of money for me. And I, and I, was, I was making okay money at the oil company, but I, not that kind of money, though. I, I didn't have that kind of income just kind of sitting around and and uh, and I told her that I said I said boy Marianne I'm not I'm that's a lot of money I'm not sure if I'll be able to kind of come up with it because the class was going to be starting in a little over two months and I said I'm not sure I'm going to be able to 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 pull in that kind of money that fast and she said well you know if it's that important to you if this this new career that you want to go into is that important to you you'll find a way and that's all I needed her to say because at that point I'd kind of made the commitment I had in my head that okay yeah I'll find some way to do this. And the oil company that I worked for at the time, there were projects that that were out of town, and the the um, oil company would actually pay us for for mileage if we if we drove over I think it was over fifty miles or whatever it was. And uh, so I started basically volunteering for all of the projects that were furthest away from the office. And the reason why is because I would get a bonus check 
every on every paycheck for the number of miles that I went. And that was kind of the difference that I needed to be able to, to get that additional income to go take her class. And real and the rest is kind of history because as a result of going through her class within, I would say within three, within like six weeks, it was a, it was a 12 week course within six weeks of me joining that class, I'd quit my job at the oil company and I'd gone into sales. And then within six months of the time that I had started that sales job, they'd promoted me to the sales manager. And I was making more of my bonus checks every month than what I was making at the at the oil company. So I went back to the lady that taught the class. And I said, hey, this stuff really works. Um, can you can you teach me how to do this? And so she brought me on as her first salesperson. So that's really how I got started in the in the industry. Now, basically, those little stories, those little examples from our own personal experience, are things that they they add character to our presentation. There are things that make our our presentations unique. So the presentation that I give is going to be totally unique from the presentations that other people give, and it's going to tell it, the, each one of those stories that we tell give insight to help other people make better decisions in their own career, in their own life, in their own in their own situation. So we can use those as great ways as great great ways to kind of teach people. Um, I get one final example here uh, about speaking from your own personal experience. I was doing a class in a, a public speaking class in uh, in New York City, and this has been probably I, I guess maybe five years or so ago. And there are two young people in the class. Most of the time, the folks that are coming through the two day public speaking classes are probably, I'd, I'd say, anywhere from early 30s to maybe 50s or so. That's kind of the age range that, that most people are when they when they come through one of our public speaking classes. Um, but these two folks, were these two young people were actually in high school. One was a senior in high school. One was a freshman. And, um, and they were brother and sister, by the way. And one of the things that we do early in the class is we have them organize a, a a present, just a quick presentation, like a two-minute presentation on something that they've done recently that they consider to be a success. Now, the reason why we do this in class, by the way, is we're trying to get people to see that the things that they do on a day-to-day basis are the things that make them successful. A lot of times people think of success as being something grandiose or something that we're going toward, not something that we accomplish every day. So we're trying to get them to see that those normal everyday experiences like we're talking about here are, are very valuable to to um, your audiences. And but knowing that these two young people were, you know, a freshman and, and senior in high school, they don't have the expertise. They don't have the experience. They don't have the years of uh, to, of stories to kind of fall back on. So I wanted to make sure and kind of coach them a little bit. So I went to the young lady. She was, a, like I said, she was a senior in, in high school. And, and I said, uh, I said, so you, a lot of people are going to talk about things that they do at, at work. Since you since uh, you're still in high school, you might talk about, you know, a, a test that you did well on or a class that you did well in or something like that. Right. And she kind of thought for a second. She said, well, you know, I did speak at Carnegie Hall. I mean, I did play at Carnegie Hall once. <laughs> and I went, We all kind of looked at her. All, all, we we're all trying to help her in class come up with something really good. Well, okay, well, yeah, that'll do. So you played an instrument at Carnegie Hall. Well, all right. So, and then it was funny because I was thinking, okay, well, all right, obviously the, the little boy, the, the, the uh, freshman, he's probably not going to have as much to kind of pull back on. And, and, and I said, well, what about you? I said, I said do you, do you have anything that uh, you think is, has been a, a success for you so far? And he said, well, my friends and I did start a nonprofit 
And we're kind of, we're all looking at each other. And basically, all the adults in the room are kind of looking because we're all sitting here trying to figure out what, what we would talk about in, in our careers. And these two young people have just accomplished so much in, in such a short period of time. So, so keep that in mind. We all have our experiences. We all have our stories. We all are, have our successes. And, and they can be used as great teaching tools for, for people that are listening to our presentation. So, so for each one of those bullet points that, that you've come up with in, in the previous session, read those bullet points and think of your own personal experiences that you can use as evidence that those bullet points are true. And you'll come up with some, some really good presentations. Um, the, the next thing that you want to keep in mind about stories is that people remember moments. They don't remember days, months, or years. So the stories that you tell should be little excerpts of a moment in time. And we call them incidents, right? An incident of something that, that happened. So um, the, the analogy or the, the example that I use in class is that a novel is a story, but, but the novel is made up of thousands of different incidents. And, and we don't want you to tell a novel when you're up in front of a group. You want to tell an incident or a moment in time. Um, a, a good example of this is I, I was um, one of my my first big clients that that did business with me for years and years and years was a company out of Houston called 3D International 3DI, and uh, they were an engineering firm, and and worked with them for a number of years on doing what they call shortlist presentations. So these these guys would would go out and they would be like program manager, project managers for these big huge construction. Projects really, uh, you know, they'd build skyscrapers, they'd build schools, they'd build um, uh, university buildings, that kind of thing. So uh, now I worked with them, with that particular company for about four years on on a number of different projects. And if, but if I tried to explain to to an audience that four year process, that would be very difficult for them to kind of understand exactly what was going on, and it would probably be, probably be kind of boring as well. So instead of telling about the four the whole four years, I might pick one specific incident from that four year project that we worked on that was notable. And the one that kind of comes to mind, that that moment in time that comes to mind was that it was the second presentation that I kind of helped them with. It they were they were competing to build a, a huge micro a, a high tech microbiology or um, center uh, in on the campus of the University of Texas in Austin, so downtown Austin, and we they we had um, they, they, they we were a couple of days before the presentation was going to be made, and they had rented a, a hotel meeting room, uh, and I think it was a Hilton, maybe a Sheraton, but it was in downtown Austin, overlooking the campus. And so they had me come in, and they had all of their presenters coming in, and I was I was kind of coaching them. And as I kind of as we we kind of were walking through the presentation that they'd organized before I'd got there, um, I started noticing that a lot of what was in their presentation at the time was about them and about how good they were. And I said, well, if we if we really want to think about this from the the buyer's perspective, these these folks that work at this university that are going to be purchasing this this um, this center this this building you know, what are they most interested in? And the and as we kind of brainstorm around the room about what would be most interesting to these folks, we, we're kind of looking out the window at the University of Texas campus, which is really gothic. You know, it's 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 um, if you walk around the University of Texas campus, it's 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 a castle like there's gargoyles and, and all kinds of interesting um 
features on on the on these concrete buildings and stuff like that. So it's a it's a beautiful campus, by the way. But the um, the the uh, the proposed building that they were going to be putting into the, on on the campus, since it was going to be a high tech building, what what they were proposing before I got there was this glass and aluminum and you know this thing that looked like it was something out of Epcot or some, something from a from a futuristic movie and if they went in to kind of present that to these folks at UT that was probably not going to go over very well because that's not what they're looking for they're looking for something that's going to keep their their campus pristine well after we kind of brainstormed a little bit one of the architects that was in the room came up with this idea just to kind of go around the campus and sketch things that he thought were good features, right? And so he took a pencil and a sketchbook and he kind of just started making sketches, pencil sketches of, of different things that were on the campus that were really interesting. And we ended up adding those into the presentation. So so the, the a couple of days later when they actually gave the presentation, they when they made one of the slides in in the PowerPoint slideshow blank. So it was just a white slide. And what they did was when it got to that white slide, they slid a tripod up in front of it to, to where that white slide was now acting as a spotlight. And then this architect kind of came up with his sketches and he said, this is what I saw in this such and such building. And I really like this. I think this would be a good thing to add in. And he did that over and over and over and over again. That was right in the middle of their presentation. Then they jumped back into their, their PowerPoint slideshow. As a result... The folks that were purchasing this building thought that, at least I'm assuming anyway, they, they ended up getting the, the, the deal. They ended up getting the, the job. And I'm assuming that the reason why is because those folks who were making that purchase realized that these guys know what we want. They can help us get what we want. We don't want a monstrosity. We don't want a... a, 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 um, a, um, a a futuristic building setting in the middle of our gothic campus right and so as a result they were able to kind of get that deal so so basically those little those the, that one incident about what happened at on that particular day in that room at the hotel uh, overlooking the University of Texas campus tells you more about that four-year process that that uh, that I spent with that company, then what I would have been able to to kind of explain if I kind of told you all the details about what happened in the four years, and it makes it a whole lot more interesting for you as well. So 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 take your your presentation stories and and trim them down into the bite-size moments in time, the things that are most interesting to the audience. By the way, it makes it a whole lot easier to deliver the presentation when you're talking about an incident. It, it'll actually help you reduce your, your nervousness. So if you actually get get fearful when you're in front of a group, you get that anxiety, if you get that nervousness, if you get into so those specific incidents, it makes it real easy to reduce that, that stage fright. Um, one of the ways that you can reduce that stage fright is to just kind of play the movie in your head. There'll be there'll be when you're when you're thinking about that incident, there'll be a, a kind of a movie playing in your head. It'll be kind of a video that's playing. And all you have to do is just kind of recite to the audience what you're seeing. Just kind of explain to them in detail kind of what you're seeing. The more details that you put into it, by the way, the more interesting it tends to be for the audience. So don't don't kind of trim out don't trim out too much of the details because it makes it less interesting. And and by the way, when you when you get into that that um, that recitation, it, like I said, it will help you reduce your nervousness pretty dramatically. Um, one final thing before we kind of end this particular session 
is that in addition to our own personal stories, our own personal incidents, sometimes you can tell anecdotes that will help you that that will help you use other people's stories as your evidence, which by the way, it can be very, very valuable. For instance, let's say that you're an executive working for a company working for a company and um, and you want to tell a, a good success story. Well, if you haven't actually worked with the with the client, you might have to go to the salesperson or to the customer service rep or to the person that the the in the person who's dealing with the end user and get that person to tell you about that story. And then you can use the story in your in your presentation. The difficulty with the anecdotes, those second person stories, though, is that they can be a little bit more challenging to deliver. So they take a little bit more practice. Whereas if you're telling something from your own personal experience, you just kind of play the video in your head and you only have to practice that maybe once or twice and you'll do phenomenal with that. If you're telling somebody else's story, though, you're going to want to kind of practice that a few times. And then after you practice it a few times, go back to the person who told you the story Tell them the story and see if you've left out any of the pertinent details or, or make sure that you're you're giving them the, the story in a very accurate kind of way. So so um, uh, another type of anecdote, by the way, is uh, where you can kind of tell stories from uh, sometimes you can insert kind of humorous stories or funny stories into your presentation. Those those can be valuable, especially if you're trying to liven up the mood, that kind of thing. But one of the anecdotes I like to use is, 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 is using stories about other people who are successful. So other experts that are in the industry that you're presenting on, if you can tell their stories about how they use something that you're asking them to do, them to do then it helps you build your credibility. I'll give you a good example of this. Um, but one of the very first books that I ever read about selling when I was when I was a sales guy was a book by a guy named Frank Betcher which and the book's title was uh, How I Raised Myself from Failures to Success in Selling it's a phenomenal book by the way it's I mean it's this book was written I think probably in the 30s or 40s and, and so it's it's getting to be almost 100 years old so a lot of the stuff that's in there is pretty outdated but um, some of the stuff that that uh, that he kind of talks about in there is very very valuable. Very valuable. One of the things that he talks about in the introduction before he actually gets into talking about about the um, about how to sell is he talks about the the power of enthusiasm and energy. And he said that's the real secret to selling. By the way, it's a secret to presentation skills as well. Is your energy, your enthusiasm, is the secret to selling. But he tells a story about how he was he was playing baseball and. Playing baseball for for in a, on a minor league team, and um, and he, when it was his first day, and he kind of wanted to fit in with everybody, so he was just kind of tossing around the ball just like everybody else was. He just did, he didn't want to show off. He didn't want to. He was a pretty good player, but he didn't want to. Um, he he didn't want to kind of make waves or anything like that. So um, after about a week or so, the manager pulled him aside and just ripped him a new one. It basically told him how you know he was he was dogging it like you know like these veterans that had been around and and basically just really reamed him and he he kicked him down to he kicked him he kicked him off the team well he ended up having to play um for a um uh, a, i think it was i think he was making like 25 cents a week or something like that for the next lower level 
uh, baseball team. And um, but he said he he kind of made a vow at that point. He said nobody's ever going to rip me like that again for for not having energy or not having enthusiasm. So he was zooming the ball. Every he basically he was using did everything that he did during practice and warmups with a lot of energy. And there was a scout from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals that ended up watching him somehow ended up watching him uh, practice or play one of the games. And uh, within a couple of weeks, he had actually been drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals and he was playing in the major leagues. So, so here, this guy who had had fired him, you know, less than a month ago was now seeing that, seeing newspaper reports of this guy that he had fired as a, as a first baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals. And so Betcher talks about how that, that enthusiasm that he had uh, led to his success in baseball. And he also ties that to the same type of success that he had in sales, how when he was enthusiastic and energetic, he sold more. Well, I tell that story. I, I, I give give examples of that story in my presentation classes all the time because it's a, it's a good anecdote that you can use to show how energy and enthusiasm is very important, very valuable to the, the presentation process and to the sales process if you're trying to persuade people. So so, so basically, if you have something that a major point that you're trying to make, you you don't necessarily just want to rely on your own expertise. If you can if you can rely on the expertise of somebody else and tell that story, it can make your presentation even more valuable. So, what I want to do is just kind of wrap up with stories and kind of and kind of show you how really valuable these things are. Stories do a bunch for you, by the way. Stories are a fantastic way to capture people's attention. They make your presentation more memorable. They will help you build rapport with people. They'll help you build credibility. They'll build a team atmosphere. Those are the, those five things are things that stories will do no matter what. When you start talking with your own, when you start delivering your presentations with your own personal incidents, though, it will help you reduce your public speaking fear, and it's going to help you increase your energy. It's going to help you be more persuasive when you're in front of the group. So there's a lot of phenomenal benefits from from inserting stories into your presentation. So I would encourage you to insert a bunch of stories into your presentation at least one for every bullet point that you that you deliver if you do that you're going to have a bunch of fearless presentations so now that you got all these great ideas for stories you're going to want to find some place to kind of store these so that you don't forget them and that's where this week's tech find can really help you So the tech find this week is an iPhone app called Idea Organizer. And this is a really cool kind of app because it does a few things that can really help you design presentations more effectively. One of the biggest things that, that we have that folks ask us about anyway is it, they'll, they'll come up and they'll say, God, you have such great stories and examples. Well, those things are, are are stories that we kind of come up with. We don't a lot of times we're not coming up with those on the spot. It's something that we identified would make a point in the presentation, and then we we kind of figured out because that story can be helpful in making that point. We kind of make a note of it somewhere. So that's one of the cool things about this particular app is that when you download it. It's got a place that, you know, basically you just kind of put your idea, whatever the idea is. Let's say you've got a presentation coming up and you make that idea, the presentation title your idea, and you can put lots of notes in there. So it got, it's got a place where you can kind of type up everything. Now on that same page though, it's got a place where you can access your, your iPhone pictures and your camera, and it's also got a voice recorder on there. So let's say you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a great idea for your for for a presentation that's coming up and uh, and you don't want to turn on the lights 
or anything. Well, you can just grab your iPhone, make a quick video, uh, audio note, you know, record a, a, an audio recording of your idea, and it's right there for you the next morning when you wake up. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, great ideas for presentations will kind of come that way. Um, the, one of the the place that I kind of found out about this is I was I was listening to a podcast. Um, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. And there was a the the guy who was being interviewed was a was a minister a pastor and so as a result he had to come up with a new presentation every week <laughs> every Sunday he was going to be up giving a presentation and the person who was interviewing him asked him you know how, how do you keep, how do you come up with new content every every single week that's a that's a lot of new content to come up with every single week and he said well you know I have this idea bucket. And when he said that, a, a light switch kind of flipped in my head where I was thinking, an idea bucket? Man, that's fantastic. So basically what I did at that point is I started using my my notes page or the notes app on my iPhone as the place to kind of put my ideas. The problem with that, though, is it can be really disorganized, you know, So the, and you can only just type stuff up. So if it's, if you're... Um, uh, if you if you have uh, a story, it may it may take you a while to type up your story on a, on an iPhone. But if you come up with a quick story and you can kind of give a a video test or audio testimonial of what that story is, it can kind of save you a whole lot of time and make things a whole lot faster and easier. The neat thing about this app, though, is that once you have the idea and and all of the the audio or photos or whatever it is that you have as as part of the idea. You, it's got a place where you can kind of email that that idea to you. So you just hit the email button and it pops up your email program and you can email it to yourself so you can get all the notes and everything. So I love this app. It's it's one of the cool things that will really help you better organize your, your presentation and to help you put new content into your presentation over and over and over again. So get a lot of use out of this one. So thanks for listening to the Fearless Presentations podcast. Make sure and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And if you get a chance, run to iTunes and give us a, a positive review if you really like the, the presentation. Uh, in addition to that, you can you can download the podcast notes at fearlesspresentations.com slash podcast seven. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.